This year, I am focused on saving and investing, but I still want to do things like travel. NerdWallet lets you compare top travel credit cards side-by-side to maximize your spending, some even offering 10 times points on your spending, which means you could end up with a free flight or maybe a better hotel room. So what could future you do with smarter financial decisions? Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. Reminder, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. Hello and welcome to Happier, a podcast where we talk about how to be happier. This week we'll talk about why you might suggest the default option, and we'll talk about a way to handle the common happiness stumbling block of just not enjoying something that you used to enjoy. I'm Gretchen Rubin, a writer who studies happiness, the five senses, human nature. I'm in my little studio in New York City, and joining me today from Los Angeles is my sister, Elizabeth Kraft, my sister, the sage. That's me, Elizabeth Kraft, a TV writer and producer living in L.A., but Gretch, I'm headed to New York very soon to see you. I know. This is so great. We're seeing each other so much this year. It's fantastic. Yes. Well, speaking of things that we're very happy about and do not regret, we are going to do a very special episode about regret. So send us your insights and observations about your own life, your regrets, what you've learned from regret, how you've avoided regret. Regret is a painful emotion, but it's a very useful and instructive emotion. So we want to dive deep and we would love to hear what you think. Yes, we have our regrets and we're curious about everyone else's. Yes. Gretchen, we got an interesting rebel-related email, and this is from Anonymous. Let me read it. They say, I'm wondering what you might have to say about and what your listeners might have experience with Being a rebel who also has ADHD, my daughter, now in college, was diagnosed a number of years ago with ADHD. After flying through grade school as the very smart and creative kid she was, things began to fall apart in middle school as complying with more expectations became a major issue for her. I asked her to take the Four Tendencies quiz several years ago and expected she would turn out to be an obliger who needs a lot of outer accountability and was surprised to discover she is a rebel. Having just recently read the Four Tendencies book, I am now seeing so much more than I had previously. One of the things I see now is that part of what the school kept focusing on for her ADHD was breaking down tasks more so she would have to hand in smaller parts of assignments more frequently and it never seemed to help. It suddenly connected for me that this was the complete opposite of what would work for her rebel nature because she now had even more outer expectations to meet, more deadlines, etc. I am hoping there might be some other ADHD rebels out there who might have some insightful thoughts to offer others like them. Well, this is a great question. If you don't know what we're talking about with the Four Tendencies personality profile, you can take the quiz at quiz.gretchenrubin.com and find out if you are a rebel an obliger or a questioner or an upholder and find out a little bit more there. But you know what is interesting is that many, many people over the years have emailed me with various questions about 
the rebel tendency and ADHD. And this is just something that I don't know about. So I would love to hear from listeners who have observations to offer this person. Yes. So send those and then we can do a follow-up, Gretch. Yeah, whether you're the rebel, you've worked with rebels, your own experience, your insights, your observations, your questions. I mean, we can all learn from each other. So send them my way and we will report back. Great. And this week, the Try This at Home tip is to suggest the default option. Okay, so what do you mean by that, Gretch? Okay, what I have noticed is that when we're trying to coordinate with other people, you're trying to figure out a place, you're trying to figure out a time, you're trying to figure out a plan. What I now do is that if it is all acceptable, I suggest the default option. So let's say I'm trying to make a lunch plan with somebody. I say... I love the restaurant or say at 75th and Lexington, but I'm happy to go anywhere. Or Elizabeth, when we are recording with guests, I say, because of my sister's fabulous Hollywood job, we have very narrow windows of recording. Can these work? And I list different dates with our very narrow window of recording. And then I say, and if that doesn't work, we'll figure something out. But here's the thing. Almost always people are like, that's fine. Right. I made things easy for myself without being rude. And turns out that's fine. So if you're proposing something, suggest the default option. And it might save everybody time and headache and make your life a lot easier. Yes, because the truth is many of us have decision fatigue. We just don't (laughs) want to decide. People are like, I don't care as long as I don't have to decide. So even though it feels like you're sort of being a little pushy, maybe suggesting a time or a place It's usually the case that people are just happy with that time and place. And if they're not, they'll say so. If they don't want to go to 75th, they'll say, oh, could we do something closer to Midtown? Midtown. Yeah. And you're really doing everyone a favor. You can just skip a lot of back and forth with that. And also one of the things is sometimes by setting a default option, you actually allow yourself to persist in something. So I know someone who is one of these people where he's often asked, can I do an informational interview? Can I pick your brain? Will you talk to my kid who's entering this field? He's very happy to do it, but it takes a lot of time. And so he decided to batch it and he sets aside a day every month. And that's like career counseling day. And so when somebody reaches out to him, he's like, okay, yeah, let's find a time on this Friday, the 28th or whatever, whatever the day is, slots it in. And if the day is full, then he kicks it to the next month, unless it's something where it's pressing or something. And again, the default is not written in stone. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. This is just about all things being equal. Can I set this up? to make it very straightforward and easy. Yeah, Gretchen, the other night I had dinner with a few moms and it was the typical, well, okay, we're having dinner now. Where do we want to go? So I sort of put out there three options and then everyone kept saying, I'm fine with anything. I'm fine with anything. So finally, I just picked the one I wanted to go to. But I could have said from the beginning, hey, how about Casa Vega at 7 p.m.? And everybody probably would have said, great. And we could have not had all of the texts about everyone being fine with anything. So I should have just 
gone straight to the default option. I halfway went there and then didn't go the whole way. Well, right, because I think it seems more considerate to give people lots of options, but that's very confusing. And I think the more people who are involved, the more confusing it can get. Your story, Elizabeth, is making me think often with my book club. So with book clubs, like our mother's book club, they pick all their books for a year in advance. And I really do think that's sort of best practices. That is not what my book clubs do. So there it is. And so we're often trying to figure out what we want. And what I realize is I should now come with a book that I want to read and say like, hey, I really want to read this book. How does this sound? Because often people are very excited. Or if I read something that I loved and I say, oh, I think everybody would love this book because we do not have the rule that it has to be a book that no one has read. We often Mm -hmm. like a book where somebody is really championing it because we know that at least one person thinks it's really good. But I have a giant stack of books that I want to read. Of course, I can't think of them when I show up. Right. But I should decide in advance, all things being equal, is there a book that I think would be great for the group and suggest it? Because as you say, they're thrilled to be given an option and to just short circuit that whole process. Yes. Gretch, another place this comes up all the time in LA is when you're going to somebody's house and mm. you ask, what should I bring? In LA, everybody oh. always brings something. Ah, and to me, the worst question is, what should I bring? Even though I myself ask people, what should I bring? <laughs> so what you really should do is either tell people what to bring. Like, because again, you get the back and forth of bring anything you want or... Yeah. Or when this whole situation comes up, say, hey, why don't I bring the fruit salad? How does that Mm. sound? Or, whoa, how about if I bring dessert? And then they can say yes or, oh, I already have dessert or I already have that. But again, then they can just say, great. And you're not making your hostess or host tell you what to bring, which is working of itself. Or if you are the host and you do have thoughts, just put them out there right away. Can someone bring dessert? Well, and somehow it seems easier and more polite to me as the one who's hosting is if you're like, how about I bring fruit salad? It seems easier for me to be like, hey, actually somebody else is bringing fruit salad. How about bread? That feels easier than if somebody says, oh, let me know if I can bring something. And you're issuing. Right. It just feels more gracious. Also, Elizabeth, for people like you and me who are not so into this, some people take great pleasure in, oh, I'm going to try this and this will be fun. It's kind of nice if you want to bring fruit salad and like you always get the same fruit salad and that's your thing. It'll be easier for you, too, as the person giving it because you've suggested a default. You've put it in your wheelhouse. (laughs) Absolutely. No, that is key. And I think friends know that I'm not a cook, so (laughs) that's expected that it won't be something I've cooked. But yes, that's why I like dessert or fruit salad because they're things that I can acquire. So anyway, that goes into the default option again. Well, and also, if you're willing to do the work of suggesting a default, let's say it's a group vacation and you're like, hey, why don't we all go to Key West? Yeah. A lot of times people are like, oh, gosh, it's so much work to even say Key West. Let's do your plan. And so if you're the kind of person who likes to get your way, because you've done the work, you get to have a greater hand in the choice. And everybody's fine with that. Yes. Now, my sister-in-law, Michelle, has been wonderful about finding houses for us to go to as a family. And I'm so grateful when she says, here are three links. What do you think? Everyone is just so happy not to be the person scrolling yes. and scrolling and scrolling. Yeah. It's really a service to suggest yes. the default option. It is. Sometimes it requires work in the case of Michelle and finding the house. And sometimes it requires no work. 
than just right. picking a restaurant. So Right. Well, let us know how you do try this at home and how suggesting the default option works for you. And what are the contexts in which you do this? Because I have a feeling, Elizabeth, this is something that we could do much more of if we thought about it. Yes. At least in my life, I bet there are more places where I could just say, how about this? Does this sound okay? And just get rid of a lot of decision fatigue. Yes. Let us know on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, threads, Facebook. Drop us an email at podcastagretchenrubin.com. Or as always, you can go to the show notes. This is happiercast.com slash 439 for everything related to this episode. Coming up, we have a happiness hack that's also related to decision making. But first, this break. My closet was chaotic, crammed with a bunch of clothes, but nothing to wear. The game changer, upgrading to high-quality, affordable pieces from Quince. Now I have a wardrobe of luxury essentials that transition from one occasion to the next, and I stayed on budget. Gretchen, I got from Quince these super soft fleece wide leg pants in black, and I actually look put together when I go to pick up Jack from school. They have 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters for $50, organic cotton sweaters, washable silk tops, and timeless 14-karat gold jewelry. And the best part is that all Quinn's items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Indulge in affordable luxury. Go to quince.com slash Gretchen for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash Gretchen to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash Gretchen. Okay, Gretchen, it is time for this week's happiness hack. Yes, and this is also about coordinating with other people and making decisions. And this is something that I realized is something that I do that is not good. It's essentially a way to stall. And I realized that what I do is I tell myself I am not moving forward with something because I need more information. Often it's information related to talking to someone else or coordinating with someone else. When in fact, I just need to make a decision. So the key question to ask myself, I'm realizing is, do I need more information? Do I need to consult with this person? Or do I actually need to make a decision? For instance, Eliza, Eleanor, and I are going to Kansas City this summer. And I was telling myself, this was weeks ago now, I was telling myself, I need to talk to Jamie. I need to talk to Jamie about when we're going to go. But then I realized it doesn't matter to him when we go. I mean, he wants to know when we're going. But when we go will not depend on anything from him. And he doesn't want to be involved in that. Why does he want to have that kind of conversation? Setting dates is such an annoying process. He doesn't want to be pulled into that. But I was just stalling because I really do not like that process myself. And so I was just, it's so hard to coordinate with Jamie. It's a great way to procrastinate because I'm like, so, but I don't need to. And so to me, it's the question, do I need more information? Do I need to coordinate with this person or do I just need to make a decision? Yeah, no, I love this hack because I do the exact same thing. I think many of us do like buying plane tickets is the number one time this comes up again with the Kansas city. I could buy plane tickets for Christmas today. Yeah, and we should. And I should should. for the price. (laughs) I don't need to talk to Adam. Again, I always tell myself, well, I have to sit down and talk to Adam. But we go basically the same days every time we go. Because it's the school schedule. Yes. So there's nothing stopping me. So often, 
making a decision actually gives you so much more freedom in the sense of not making a decision often is making a decision, right? And the stewing is worse than the doing. Yes. Yes. So it's a great thing to ask yourself because we all do that stalling tactic. And here's another example. So I need to buy a new bathing suit and Eleanor, my daughter, is very fashion-y. And there's a bathing suit store literally a block from my apartment, which of course I have never walked into, but Mm -hmm. I see it. It's there. And I kept saying to myself, oh, I'll wait and go when Eleanor can go with me and she can advise me and I'll go wait and go with Eleanor. And I'm sure Eleanor would have been perfectly cheerful. But I'm like, for me to buy a bathing suit, I'll be lucky if there's one option in there that I find to be acceptable. This is not a place where I am weighing 50 choices with all kinds of deep thought. I'll just go in and buy something decent at a decent price and walk out. Right. You're not anxious to do a 50 bathing suit fashion session with that. But also there are not going to be that many choices. Yeah. Yeah. It's very straightforward. And yet again, why was I doing this? Because really deep down, I was just stalling. Yes. And by pretending that I needed to coordinate with Eleanor, it was just allowing me to pretend like I couldn't just walk out the door and go. Yeah. And the minute that I realized Eleanor does not need to be there. In fact, she probably just slowed me down. Right. Then I was just able to just leave, go, and come back. It took, the whole thing took 25 minutes. And now it's not weighing on you. And now it's not weighing on me. Yes, and I was just stalling. I was just stalling, but I was pretending to myself that I needed that coordination, and I did not. So the question is, do I need more information? Do I need to coordinate? Or do I just need to make a decision? I think it's going to save you and me a lot of time, Elizabeth. Yes. And now for a happiness stumbling block. Okay, a very common happiness stumbling block is when there's something that maybe is fairly taxing, but that you love to do. You, this is something you really enjoy doing, but it does require a lot of work. And at a certain point, you just get tired of it. You get tired of the work, you get tired of the project, and all of a sudden something that has been kind of a source of pleasure and activity for you now is something that you do not look forward to. And so we got a great suggestion from a listener. Yeah, and Gretchen, some examples of this kind of thing are someone who always hosts Thanksgiving dinner every year, or a family who always hosts a back-to-school party every year, that type of thing. Right, or like at work, you're the person who's always deciding, okay, what's our monthly fun afternoon activity going to be? And it's something that you like to do, but all of a sudden... It just is something that you don't enjoy anymore. What do you do? And we got a great suggestion from our listener, Jeannie. She says, skip a year. A lot of what makes us happier is doing things. I am pondering and practicing being happier by skipping a year of my garden. By my garden, I mean four tomato plants and a handful of tomatoes, (laughs) maybe a squash. Anyway, I decided to skip a year of planting it as I was starting to dread getting started. I'm actually looking forward very much to next year garden. My sister would skip Christmas decor for a year in the same manner and started to like the holidays more. I think this is a great suggestion because sometimes to keep going, we have to allow ourselves to stop. And that helps us maintain enthusiasm over the long run. And Elizabeth, this reminds me of our mother is really does a beautiful job of decorating. And for Christmas, we have so many really exceptional and gorgeous Christmas decorations. It's a very big deal in our family. But it takes a lot of work for both my mother and my father, yes. <laughs> who, is, who is the helper. It's a lot of work. And there was the year when you were about to give birth to Jack, whose mm-hmm. birthday is mid-December. And we all decided that... 
we would just take a year off of the Kansas City Christmas, and we had this whole other plan. And so mom and dad basically did not do, I didn't know that they did any Christmas decoration, or, or, or if they did, it was just very, very skeletal. And I think mom enjoyed it. Right. And I think dad enjoyed it because it's really fun, but sometimes it's nice to have a break. And then the next year, it's more fun because you haven't seen all that stuff in a while. Yes, absolutely. You could see another example of this would be people who go skiing every year. Yeah. Because skiing is just so much work in and of itself, (laughs) just with the equipment and the... Yeah, moving pieces. Yes. So you could skip a year and then be more excited about it next year. Well, I have some friends where in the summer they go to this very cute little town And there's always a big 4th of July parade in this little town, you know, with the firemen and all all that, you know, very quaint. And they had started having a brunch after the parade, and it got bigger and bigger. And basically, by the last year, they were hosting the whole town, and everybody was counting on it, even before the invitations went out. They had somehow become part of the, the official calendar of this little village. And so they had to do a renovation on their house. So they thought, okay, let's do a renovation that goes over July. So we cannot host this party and everybody will know it. We'll get a year off. And then the next year we'll come back re-energized for the holiday party. I thought that was funny to just do the renovation. So you were officially off the hook. Yeah, because Gretchen, if you don't give yourself a break when you need one, you may end up just giving up the tradition altogether which you really don't want to do. Absolutely. If it's something that brings you pleasure and energy and enthusiasm, you want to keep it going. And sometimes to keep going, we have to let ourselves stop. Now, the one caveat to that, Gretchen, is you also want to make sure, though, you don't then just drift off, right? If it's something that you love, you want to make sure that you really plan the next year to go through with it. Yes. Mom, of course, would know that the next year she would go back to her decorations You don't like I did a thing where I skipped a school function that I usually go to. And then Mm. I haven't gone since Mm -hmm. because I just fell out of the habit. So now I have to ask myself, well, do I want to continue this habit or actually do I not want to? Which can be a positive thing to reflect on. But it's also true. This is like we talk about with habits. Sometimes starting over is harder than starting. So you want to make sure that you're thinking like, I'm just taking a break. I'm not stopping or I'm not quitting if you don't want to. Of course, you can always change your mind. But that's a very good cautionary point, which is you don't want to end up making a decision by default, without mindfully choosing. Yes. Now, we've got more everyday luxuries. We're going to do these lightning round styles. So, Elizabeth, let's just bang through them. It's so fun to hear people's everyday luxuries. It makes me feel like my own life is so much more luxurious because when people point out the pleasure in these little things, I don't know about you, but I feel more pleasure in them. Absolutely. You know, my electric kettle. Who? Yeah, of course I love my electric kettle. The first few are long, but then we'll just do them very quickly. Okay. Laura, listening from England, says, when I was little, my mom would usually serve my toast cut into rectangles. On special occasions, she would cut it into triangles. Whenever I am served toast cut into triangles, I always think it is luxurious. (laughs) I told my husband about this a while ago, and now if he sees me cut my toast into triangles, he'll ask, what's the occasion? I sometimes do this just to give myself a little boost before work in the morning. Lisa says, this week's podcast is timed perfectly with my recent revelation to plan a European summer. To me, this means eating meals outside, wearing dresses, eating fruit, and going on nice walks. What makes me excited about this plan is that it reframes normal things as something luxurious, because of course, everything European is more luxurious. I don't have any major travel plans for the season, but romanticizing these everyday life things with this framing will add a little more joy and gratitude to my summer. 
And she lists a few other everyday luxuries. Fresh, finely grated cheese is more luxurious than normal grated cheese. And hanging flower baskets. I love hanging flower baskets. Yes. Catherine says eating anything with a toothpick, especially olives. <laughs> Rebecca says, I placed a lip balm in every spot I might use one. It felt extravagant in the beginning because I bought so many. Underbuyer here. But of course, I didn't go through them faster. So after the initial expense, it returned to the normal restocking cost. Alyssa, I think this is true, that sometimes just having a lot of something, like chargers or sunglasses, mm -hmm. feels luxurious because you just always have them at the ready. Yes. Kayla said, tiered pants hanger. My husband loves this for his dress pants. Brian says, dedicated space. Office that's just an office. Dog room that's just the dogs. Guest room that's just for guests, etc. Sarah said, I'll share another great purchase, this time to help support Go Outside 23 and 23. As we enter the hot summer months, my sister gifted me a neck fan to help support my efforts to keep going outside. The fan blows up air into your face and neck. I find that it really helps to keep me cooler. It is rechargeable, lightweight, and very effective. It has three settings and is also quiet enough to carry on conversations, hear your surroundings, and not bother or distract others. And we'll link to the one that she suggests. This is a luxury that is very sensory focused, which I appreciate. Jacqueline says, I wanted to share a luxury that I noticed my coworker practices every morning. He insists on making his cup of coffee in a very ornate Lennox mug and sips it while driving to work. When I first heard this, it sounded a bit ridiculous, but then I thought it was a simple way to create a very luxury feeling on a daily basis. I didn't realize how many of his senses he was using in this ritual until I counted. Smell, his car now smells of the heavenly cup. Touch, the ornate pattern on the coffee cup. Taste, topped with whipped cream, this is a luxe coffee. Sing, he can see the whipped cream melt and swirl into the coffee. Love the use of the senses. Wonderful. Kate says, I often end my day by taking a good book up to my roof deck with the wide open sky above and watching the sunset behind the National Cathedral here in Washington, D.C. Yes, I and a few other devoted neighbors have our own little sunset club, a la Key West, and the sunsets, <laughs> often spectacular, are different every single night. Nature puts on her own show and I am there in the front row. Susanna said, preheating my bed with a heated blanket for a few minutes before I go to bed. Ah, uh, our mother loves that. Yeah. Peggy said, my seat heater in my car. I second that. Love a seat yeah. heater. It's interesting. A lot of these luxuries have to do with temperature control. Yes. Just, by the way, noticing that. And then finally, Kristen says, I absolutely love writing with fountain pens. However, they can be quite pricey. I recently discovered that Pilot makes fountain pens in a variety of colors and had to try them out. They're fantastic and write just as smoothly as a pricey fountain pen. Highly recommend for a luxurious happiness boost to your day. And again, we will post a link to that. I do think a great pen is a great luxury. I think everybody's idea of what a great pen is is different. But if you find yes. a wonderful pen, it's so beautiful tools make work a joy. Yes. Thank you, everyone, for those fantastic yes. little everyday luxuries. So fun. And coming up, Gretchen gives herself a calendar-related demerit, but first, this break.
We all know that our life and our health can be improved when we eat nourishing, healthy meals, but it can be hard to maintain. With Sunbasket Meal Kits, it's easy because they take care of the details. Sunbasket offers 18 chef-crafted, dietitian-approved recipes each week with options like Mediterranean, carb-conscious, vegetarian, and keto-friendly. The recipes are quick and easy to follow, and you can enjoy a meal full of organic produce and clean ingredients that is ready in 30 minutes or less. Gretchen, we made the uh, Marrakesh merguez patties. I'm not quite sure how to pronounce that, but I loved eating it with warm carrot salad. And it was so good. And it got Jack eating something that he doesn't usually eat. Go to sunbasket.com forward slash happier today to get $45 off your first order. That's sunbasket.com forward slash happier to get $45 off your first box plus free shipping. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion professionals, which makes it the best place to hire because it gives you access to professionals you can't find anywhere else. And, you know, Elizabeth, I now work with a team and hiring the right people is so important. It's maybe the most important thing. And LinkedIn makes the process of identifying and hiring people easy and intuitive. Hiring is easy when you have that many quality candidates. It's so easy, in fact, that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. And LinkedIn is constantly finding ways to make the process easier. They even just launched a feature that helps you write job descriptions, making the process even easier and quicker. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash Gretchen. That's linkedin.com slash Gretchen to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, Gretchen, it's time for demerits and gold stars. You're up this week with a happiness demerit. Yes, now this is a repeat demerit, but again, I'm hoping eventually it'll sink in and I'll stop doing it, which is that I need to review my calendar more closely. I have gotten better at the end of a week. I will glance over my week to come and just look for major things. But what I'm realizing is that I need to look even more closely. Like I really need to go through each day and imagine myself living that day because I've had things where I thought I had a call, but it's like, is this a Zoom call? Am I calling this person? Are they calling me? I don't know. Then I have mm. to look it up at the last minute. Or I'll have a hold, and I'll realize, actually, I have a hold in a couple places, which is the real thing. I need to take the hold off of the time once it's been figured out. Or if it hasn't been figured out, I need to get it figured out. I'm just realizing that I'm making my life more stressful by realizing mm -hmm. that I have these issues as they're coming up in the short term. And, you know, a lot of times it's like I'm on the East Coast. If this is somebody on the West Coast, it's just a lot easier and less stressful to figure this out in advance. And a lot of times it is just a matter of ironing out a few ambiguous details. I do think it's funny. Yes. Eleanor and I often talk about how we find things ambiguous that other people don't find ambiguous. And so anyway. I'm that way yeah, too. So I want to do more calendar review. Yes. I have to say, Gretch, what happens to me is I realize over the weekend that I forgot yes. to to move a yes. doctor's appointment that's a Monday morning, which yeah. that's then the you're worst. In a, yeah, yes, it's the worst feeling. Yeah. 
Now, because some things are Zoom, I've started doing this thing where I assume that something's by Zoom, and so I have something back-to-back, but it's actually in person, and so I have to have time to get from here to there, which that I usually leave 45 minutes or an hour, whereas on my calendar, it might look like there's 10 minutes. So now I'm even, I'm trying to put in the thing live so that I know, because now that's a whole new thing to become ambiguous, whereas it's not ambiguous, it's just I'm not paying attention. So anyway... How about you, Elizabeth? What is a gold star? All right, Gretch, this is a very summary gold star. I'm giving Mm. my gold star to camp counselors. Yes. Yes. Adam and I took Jack to camp and we all met at a ferry. And what was great is we actually got to meet his counselor, one of his main counselors and other kids in his cabin. But I am telling you, this counselor was just so enthusiastic, so nice, so welcoming, and they all are. Mm -hmm. And a great camp counselor has a lot to do. You know, it's not an easy job. And these are young people. It's a ton of responsibility. And you're really holding someone's heart in your hands there. Camp can be a very vulnerable time. I remember my camp counselor, Bridget, from the very first summer. I must have been 12 years old. I have never forgotten her. She made a huge difference in my life and my sense of myself. Absolutely. And now looking back, what, she was probably like 19? Yes. Of course, I thought of her as being so advanced, but she definitely was still in college. Yes. These are very young people really taking on a lot. In my experience, most of them are fantastic. So big gold star to camp counselors, and those who choose wonderful counselors to work at their camps. Absolutely. It makes such a difference. And the resource for this week, speaking of summer, if you are looking for more ways to have fun outside during the summer, if you're trying to go outside 23 and 23 or just spend more time out of doors, you can download a very fun free scavenger hunt PDF that gives you a whole bunch of things to look for, items that you can be trying to find as you go outside. It can make your 23 minutes more fun, or it can just be a fun activity. I I always think that a quest is more fun than a jaunt, so I like having things to do and things to look for. So if you want to find that, go to thehappierapp.com slash resources hyphen aim hyphen ideas or probably go to the show notes for happiercast.com slash 439 and get the link there. And Elizabeth, what are we reading? I am reading The Lying Game by Ruth Ware. And I am just about to start rereading for like the thousandth time Story of a Soul by St. Therese of Lisieux. And that's it for this episode of Happier. Remember to try this at home. Select the default option. Let us know if you tried it and if it worked for you. Thank you to our executive producer, Chuck Reed, and everyone at Cadence 13. Get in touch. Gretchen's on threads and Instagram at Gretchen Rubin. And I'm on Instagram and threads at Liz Craft. Our email address is podcast at GretchenRubin.com. And there's nothing that is an everyday luxury that is as good as a great podcast Mm. when you are looking for a new podcast in your feed. So if you think that someone would enjoy the Happier Podcast, give them an everyday luxury and forward them the information about the podcast. That really is how most people discover our show. Until next week, I'm Elizabeth Kraft. And I'm Gretchen Rubin. Thanks for joining us Onward and Upward. So, Elizabeth, you know how I know summer is really here? How? It is so hot. 
in my little home office studio because the air conditioner is pretty loud. And so if I have the air conditioner on, I can't have it on while we're recording. And oh my gosh, by the time we're done recording, I am slick with sweat. The summer is here. Yes. Yep. Yep. Now that you mention it, I can see your face is a bit shiny. (laughs) From the Onward Project. We talk so much about how our dogs make us happier. Barnaby, Nacho, Daisy. We want to share a message from our partner, Spot Pet Insurance, about useful information for people who love their pets. Spot Pet Insurance can be your partner in navigating the unexpected. With Spot Plans, you can receive up to 90% cash back on eligible vet bills, transforming unforeseen expenses into manageable moments of care for your cat or dog. Spot Pet Insurance plans extend beyond just offering coverage for accidents and illnesses. You can enhance your plan with their preventive care benefit, helping ensure that routine wellness, vaccines, and more can be covered. Head over to spotpet.com today and receive an instant quote. Visit www www.spotpet.com and sign up today. Paid ad from Spot Pet Insurance. Waiting periods, annual deductible, coinsurance, benefit limits, and exclusions may apply. For all terms, visit spotpetins.com slash sample dash policy. Insurance plans are underwritten by either Independence American Insurance Company or United States Fire Insurance Company and produced by Spot Pet Insurance Services, LLC.